You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 133. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I am your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners to get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six- and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. Money. Money, 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 money. A topic that people don't like to talk about for many reasons. Fear, judgment, or often something inside of them is triggered. But I'm here to tell you, we need to start talking more about money. Money is healthy. Money is awesome. Money is empowering. Let me repeat that. Money is healthy. Money is awesome. Money is empowering. And as a woman in business, we need to learn to normalize money. We need to learn that it's safe to make a shit ton of money. We need to celebrate our wins. You know, It's also the fact that we need to be able to learn and acknowledge and limit our bad feelings around pricing and income and investing and so much more. And with it being a new year, a new you, you know, all that jazz that they talk about, many of you listening have big goals for the year. In fact, some of these goals are revenue goals. So I reached out to a very good friend of mine, the amazing Denise Duffield Thomas, AKI, the money mindset legend that she is, who's going to come on the podcast today and talk about money mindset. What is it? What does it mean? Break down why it's safe to make a shit ton of money and so much more. You get Denise and I together because we are friends and we can talk and talk and talk. So speaking of it's safe, it's also safe for you to invest in your money. So before we hop straight into this amazing episode, I'd like to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my mastermind, the Action Takers Mastermind for Women in Business. Just three weeks and counting until the most amazing mastermind for around the world for women in business starts with only a handful of spots left. You're going to want to apply ASAP. You see applications for my 12-month online and in-person experience, which is designed to get your business to the next level, is ready for you to apply. The Action Takers Mastermind helps business owners like you to get really clear on what to focus on. We provide genuine information on what's possible, what works, and what is a waste of time. We have helpful feedback on your ideas, perspective on your skills and talents, introductions to new clients, and a legs up to new opportunities access to amazing community, and so much more. During the 12 months, you're going to get one-on-one strategy sessions with me, emergency calls with me. You have my private number. You get hot seat calls, implementation sessions, goal-setting sessions, monthly mindset coaching, 12-month access to our VIP community, access to other business mentors, a two-day live event, and so much more. Sound like my 12-month Action Takers Mastermind might be what you need to get your business to the next level in 2021? Head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and click on the Mastermind button at the top of the menu to apply for one one of the last remaining spots. Now let's get into this amazing episode with the grand old fantastic woman that she is, Denise Duffield Thomas. Welcome to the show, Denise. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me back. As always, I get so excited. I mean, we've already been talking for 45 minutes before we finally press record. <laughs> so always good to have you back. And we're on episode 133 and you are my second guest only to come on twice. So welcome back. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, no, I love having a good guest back. Now, listen, we are only six days into the new year, and there are a lot of listeners out there who are probably, you know, have some really big revenue goals for this year, and they really, in my opinion, need to stick around and hear this podcast. I'm a firm believer, Denise, that your internal world is a direct reflection of your external world. And if people are lacking money, right, or whatever's going on, there's probably something internal that they're going to have to dive deep aka money mindset in this particular uh, you know example so today we're going to get into that but before we hop into that Denise I always like to ask a fun question to the guests that come on so my fun question to you is is I know you adore the color blue like you really like the color <laughs> oh, blue. oh yes how um, can you tell <laughs> I'm like we've got blue clothes we've got blue backgrounds we've got you know blue props to, uh, for when you do your videos blue is on your Instagram feed I mean blue and you are like peas in a pod so my question to you is is what is your all-time secondary favorite color? Like what what complements the blue in your life? 
Oh, that's really easy. So um, I use orange as my call to action color in my brand. So mm-hmm. like my buy now buttons are orange and stuff like that. And so when I, when I do photo shoots and I did one um, like in December, I put in some pops of orange and just have that real zesty like go color. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, in business, but like at, cause I own a rose farm, everything there is pink, mm-hmm. <laughs> like everything. <laughs> so it's I got so a fun though. secret pink world. <laughs> It's pink, but you've also got the blue Chevy, I think, that's, you know, so, so there's still quite a bit of pops of blue oh, that I see in more, there. Yeah, that's more mint green. So okay. use some mint green stuff out there. But I keep it very separate. Like pink does not come into my, like, beach <laughs> world. And blue does not go out to the farm. Um, and I just try and keep it very separate. Dude, I love it. I love it. Now, today we were talking about money mindset. And for those listeners out there, it could be a term they've never heard before. Can So just to kind of lay the foundations for the episode, can you start off by explaining what is money mindset? Sure. So looking at your money mindset is really looking at your stories and beliefs that you have specifically about money. So what I find is when I meet entrepreneurs, they are lifelong like personal development junkies. They've read heaps of personal development books, goal setting books, and they're really well versed in that in that space, but they haven't really applied it directly to money. And I think that's part of the problem is that it's seen as kind of impolite to talk about money. Um, For some people, they feel like they're not smart enough to talk about money or they have to be qualified to talk about money. Um, And so it's just, yeah, it's like any limiting belief or any negative story that you have around yourself, but it's just about money. Right. Love it. And money, as I said in my introduction, something that people don't want to talk often about, right? Because it's fear of judgment. There's so much that goes on there, but it's okay. And I'm all about, let's talk more about money. Let's empower women, specifically women to talk about money, because I, I talk about it often as the more wealth we can get into the hands of women, the more change we see in the world. Because again, the data shows statistically that women contribute more of their wealth back into community. So I think it's, you know, I'm really hoping that through financial literacy, money mindset and all that, that women start embracing that. I mean, gosh knows how many men are always talking about money all the time. You go to, you know, a boys meetup, they're talking about something about money, golf or buying a new car or doing this. And it's like, they don't even think twice about it. But women, there's this essence of we've got to be so polite and, you know, this taboo about money and God forbid women kick ass and make money. So I'm excited to talk about that. And I know you've helped thousands and I say thousands of thousands of amazing women around the world on their money mindset. Why, though, Denise, do you, peeps, do you believe people struggle with creating that rich and healthy mindset? You know, like I really think goes back to our childhood experiences. Um, one, like let's talk, for example, about people who are kind of our age, you know, like people in their 30s, 40s and, and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, we grew up where, in a very analog world. You know, like it's only really in the last 10, I mean, when did you get an iPhone, right? Like I reckon maybe eight years ago that I had an iPhone. Um, You know, I've been working online for quite a while, but it wasn't really the norm. So Mm -hmm. growing up and in our 20s, we saw entrepreneurship is very different than it is now. It was like you had to make something or create something. You were very bound by your like geographical location. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of is a bit of a like a head screwy thing where we're like, hang on, I'm allowed to do something maybe once like create a program or a book and get paid for it for a long time it's like it doesn't work like our brains are just like going hang on how does that work whereas you see people who are like maybe in their 20s like they've grown up seeing people like make money from unboxing toys like they're they're as well as our kids right our kids see it in a different way that oh making money can be fun it could be easy it can be creative Mm -hmm. so that's even just like for our generation right but then you go back and you go, what is our first interaction with money? No matter who you are, how you grew up, most of us had an interaction where we put a coin in our mouth and our parents told us that money was dirty. And it was like a scary thing. And I did it to my kid as well. We all when do she it. Was, yeah, when she was like two and a half, three, she went to put a 50 cent coin, which in Australia, they're massive. Um, she went to just put it in her mouth. And I was like, oh my God, don't put that in your mouth. Money is, and then I was like, are you kidding me? I've been teaching my mindset <laughs> for like six years at that point. And I was like, even me was about to tell her that money is dirty and make it a scary thing for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of us had that interaction. And then if you grew up in like the 70s, 80s, 90s, your um, stories about rich people were all like, um, you know, dynasty and 
101 Dalmatians and like mm-hmm. just bitchy, horrible, mean, corrupt people. Mm-hmm. And so most of us don't have an example of what it would be like to be a normal person and have money. If your mother or your grandmother didn't have that, and let's face it, most of us didn't have that. We didn't mm-hmm. We didn't see our mums and our grandmothers make lots of money, most people. Mm-hmm. And so we are the first generation, one, to make money with ease and with just what with hardly any capital required mm-hmm. we grew up seeing that rich people are evil and horrible and um and we don't have any role models so uh no wonder <laughs> it's like cha-ching this is why we're all <laughs> fucked up around money denise do you know what i mean is that no why wonder yep. and like i'm i'm 41 right i started trying to be an entrepreneur in my 20s i would go to these seminars and it would be mostly men I'd be the only woman I'd be like the youngest woman in the room and like just the way they did business didn't resonate with me so it took me a long time to actually find peers role models friends who were willing to have discussions about money and I know like and you and I take this for granted now right because we can text each other we can message each other but I know there's still a lot of people listening who still don't have people in their life who mm-hmm. are willing to talk about money. They don't have supportive partners. They don't have supportive, you know, friends and family mm-hmm. to say, hey, you go. Instead, they're having people go, oh, that sounds expensive or, you know, are you qualified to do that? And so I, that's that's a massive part of it. You can't be what you can't see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have to be part of that, of being the ripple effect. Part of the change. And I know one of my one-to-one clients, uh, Tracy, who's been on my podcast, she's also near, uh, I got her onto your money boot camp because I was like, Tracy, you're going to have some money shit here you're going to deal with. <laughs> um, but we created, as many people know, a $27 product. We're about to hit over a million dollars on that product over the last, yeah. you know what I mean, l- less than a year. Mind-blowing. Yeah, it's so good. It's like, again, you know, like I said in the podcast, though, she has worked and she's built a community and she's now seeing the, she's able to see the success from this. But, you know, her family members and community people when she starts saying like yeah like you know and she talked about it on my podcast so I'm not breaching confidentiality is you know we're making eight thousand dollars a day off of a 27 dollar product you know that's a shit ton of money per month right and her family was like is this is this like a pyramid scheme like what are yeah. you doing she's like no it's my art and she was like they're like no it can't be that many people don't buy your art she's like no she's like they're buying my do you know what I mean my 27 course to spark creativity and they're like no so you know she had to also learn earlier on that she it's safe to cut out those conversations with certain people because they just are negative and toxic, but it's equally safe to also talk about it. And I've encouraged her to talk about it. Cause I said to her is when you, when you're able to start talking about it, I said, make it part of your stories. It's not just about having all the cash. That's okay. But it's also like, she also, you know, that cash allows her to work with kids and families in Cambodia that over in 2021, she fed literally hundreds, if not thousands of families members during that time when all of the tourism dried up, right? So I'm like, Mm -hmm. tell those stories, own that space. And so she's had to learn and that's been a progression, right? And and I find with Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs is just like, our normal mindset, do you know what I mean, with stories, beliefs, whatever, is I would, you know, and help it, correct me if I'm wrong, but money mindset, you're going to have to keep working on this over time as you continue to go through growth and scale phases of your business, would you not? Oh, 100%. And what's really interesting about that is you think it's like more money, bigger problems. It's usually the same stuff. So for someone like Tracy, right, if she's thinking, oh, my God, I'm a fraud, like this isn't going to last, this is a fluke. The numbers will be different, but she'll hit that exact same thing. Like when she gets to two million, right? She'll mm-hmm. just be like, "Oh, well, now is like now it's definitely a flip." <laughs> um, and what's really fascinating about that, like we've got people in my money bootcamp who are beginners and people who are multimillionaires, but we're all working through the same stuff. And like I can tell you what mine is. Mine is, oh, people won't like me anymore <laughs> if mm-hmm. I make too much money. But I had that like when I was making nothing (laughs) and so that I will continue to have that forever and you know but I when I hear stories like that and there was someone in the group um the other week who she's she made like $300 from her first ebook and it was teaching people how to make a pavlova grazing platter right Mm, and I was just like I know and but I I was so freaking proud of her because I was like I know what it takes to get out of your own way to get out of your head to 
press freaking publish on something Mm -hmm. to launch something and so for me that $300 or whatever she made from it and I think she said she made $7,000 this year I was like that is worth millions and millions of dollars like your first sale is not Mm -hmm. worth the $27 your first sale is worth potentially millions because you've got out of your own freaking way Mm -hmm. and it's that ripple effect it's like that one thing helped you to build confidence which helped you build the next thing which then made you x amount of money right and then it's just like everything starts to have an accumulation of wealth in a positive way Absolutely. But it's it's really the hardest the first time. You know, you might think, oh, God, it'd be so hard when I make, make a million. It's like, no, it's the hardest one. It's like your first thousand dollars, don't you think? And oh, gosh. Well, yeah, because it's like you sit in there trembling. You know, for me, when I pushed uh, live on my first business, Finley and me, no one told me that you then had to go and market your shit. So I'm like, here's a website with all these products. And I was like, did to do, of course, family and friends bought, but you're like, really? Where's the rest of it? You know, but it was like nerve wracking, you know, and then you had to get through it. And, you know, all those things, it's a continuation of, you know, development as we go on. But one of the things that I'm curious to know, I know in Money Bootcamp, though, you talk about 50 different ways that women ultimately are self-sabotaging their wealth, their income, their financial success. And clearly, you're not going to go through all 50 because that's why people join Money Bootcamp. But could you share with us two to three examples of these self-sabotaging behaviors that women are doing to compromise wealth in their life? Yeah, of course. So, so you know what? A lot of them come to this core belief that a lot of us have, which is you have to work really hard to make money. Like, and not even the work hard, it's like, you have to work. Like, Denise, nothing comes for free. You have to work. You know, we've all heard variations of that from our own families. It could be, you know, like you you don't get something for nothing or money doesn't grow on trees. And so a lot of um, self-sabotaging behaviors come from that core belief. So for example, reinventing the wheel, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've done this. I've done it too. Instead of launching your product, you're like, oh, well, I'll just like, instead of using the framework that I know works, I might just try these 50 things that I, I'm not sure that they work just to like prove to myself. Have you ever all done that? The, all the time. And you're just like, why didn't I just uh, stick with simplicity? You know, business can be yes. easy. Business can be simple, but we're like, nope, we'll just sabotage it and go try something else because God forbid we actually succeed with the first thing we created. Exactly. And on the same thread, like it's, ignoring low-hanging fruit and Mm -hmm. you know you and I are both coaches so it's so frustrating when you just go to someone oh my god just do this thing you'll make money from it and they 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 just do 50 other things instead that don't make money Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they have to prove that they're worthy of of making it similarly like procrastination um like getting really caught up in a detail like the color of your website rather than just launching it imperfectly like Mm -hmm. thinking that everything has to be so perfect and so well thought out before you launch anything that all is the sabotage that comes from this place of like if I don't put my blood sweat and tears in it it does not count Mm -hmm. and there's a real lot of guilt tied up in that I think and especially you know in the last year that people had there was also a sense of like hang on, it's not allowed to be too easy, especially now when other people are struggling, instead of thinking, hey, look, it's okay for me to make bank. It's okay for me to make hay because I can use that abundance to support people in my community and Mm -hmm. to stimulate the local economy and like still pay for my kids' dance lessons and, you know, do all the things that I want to do with my money. But it's that feeling of guilt of like, oh, if not, if, if you know people are struggling well then I can't thrive mm-hmm. um and it just comes back to that work hard mentality that you know especially if you're American you've got it 50 times more you know if you if you live in a western country like we're just it's that hustle culture in, mm-hmm. in so many ways if you're an immigrant you might feel guilty because your parents like if you're a second generation immigrant for example you might feel guilty that your parents had to work really hard and then like hello you're just allowed to make money from like talking to people on the internet that's not cool um and I know my dad said that like because my dad um I mean he's like a year 10 dropout is what he says not me right uh can read do that but he doesn't do math he does he does very minimal type of scenario um but he'll say kid why can you make you know $10,000 
tens of thousands of dollars a month and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. But I was in the mud making $12 an hour on the back of oil rigs. And I was like, but that was your choice, dad. You chose that. I said, I'm choosing to do something different and that's okay. But so, but I've had to work really hard to be able to have those conversations with him and say, dad, don't put your shit on me. It's okay, you know, to have that. But it took time and it took courage. And, and it was, I, and I had to let go of his projection onto me, right? Going, well, that was okay for you, but I don't want that for me. And I also want to show my kids that they can work from home. You know, Finley, I I do want to have conversations with my kids about how much money I make because I am in a hoodie 99% of the time and flip flops and whatever, and my hair is in a bun. And Finley, my own, you know, son has this thing, well, you know, mom, I might just be a lawyer because I make a lot of money and doctors have a lot more money than that. And I was like, if I was like, Finney, you do know that in some instances I make more money than them. He's like, how could you make more money when you're in a hoodie and you sit in your office all day? Right. <laughs> and so even at 11 and Chloe, my youngest, who's seven, you know, she too is like, but how, how, because they've been told, you know what I mean? That it's the doctors that can be wealthy, the lawyers that can be wealthy. And I'm trying to be like, yeah, but other people can be equally as a wealthy doing different things, buddy. So, you know, it also starts with us having those conversations with our kids at home. Oh, it really does. And because they're going to, they're going to get it from TV, movies, school. And like, I was watching a show with Willow and there was a kid with braces and she just turned to me with like, for no reason, she goes, only rich kids have braces. And I looked at her and I was like, Willow, we are really rich. And I just thought it's just coming from so many places mm-hmm. that, you know, like I'm I'm not sitting down having like lectures about money with my kids, but I, they really pick up what we say mm-hmm. about our own work. They pick up what we say about other people, about how they make their money. Um, even just the way if a kid says, you know, like, can I have a go on that ride? Like I aim for neutrality. I'll mm-hmm. go, oh, I don't have any coins on me today. Rather than, what do you think I made of money? Like, mm-hmm. you know, how dare you even ask? I'm like, oh, it's totally okay for you to ask. Doesn't mean you're going to get everything that you want. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not going to make this a traumatic experience for you asking. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And you know, another thing that I've been seeing on the internet this last year, especially with the COVID scenario around, like, God forbid that some people still succeed, right? Um, and owning that space is a mutual acquaintance of ours, yeah. Lisa from the UK, who's also a business coach. I mean, she just had a $1.7 million pound week off of one of her launches, which in US Amazing. dollars, that's pretty much double that, right? And so it's about, let's just say, over $3 million she made in one week, USD. And if that was Aussie, you're probably looking about four and a half million roughly all yeah. right Amazing. and it's killer so cool you were congratulating her I was I mean it was but you two equally make millions of dollars a year and both of you have experienced you know community members basically shitting on you at some stages right like I know poor Lisa was saying like she went into this group to share do you know what I mean like her experience and what had happened and these people like how dare you share that why would you share that what about us who can't feed our kids and did it and she had to leave the group because she was like I'm too traumatized she's like I'm trying to empower people but you know, it triggered people. So my question is, is why do you think people get so triggered when other people talk about their money wins? Well, you know, like I've totally noticed this, you know, there's a real kind of eat the rich mentality at the moment. Mm -hmm. And, and so I see people holding themselves back because they don't want like the, you know, to be kicked out of their communities. They don't want to have that ire and that understandable anger. Like there, you know, there's studies that show there's never been a bigger income disparity at the moment between workers and CEOs, for example. And so what I see, though, is like, what's the freaking point of us as entrepreneurs holding ourselves back? Because that doesn't solve any inequality in, mm-hmm. in those systems. But like, I really look at how can I create long term change? And I see things like, you know, minimum wage is not not enough. Teachers not being paid enough. And so I'm like, well, where can I use my wealth? to like you know either lobby or um uh support charities that do advocacy work in that way or legal advocacy advocacy work and so I really channel some of my frustration and anger not in holding myself back in business but trying to channel it into who is creating solutions without making that my business as well does that make sense right yes I'm not like oh I'm not going to go solve that problem but like (laughs) here's a charity that is solving that problem and I can divert some of my income there Mm-hmm. And also um, just realizing too that a lot of those organizations that are creating that income disparity at the moment pay very little tax, which mm-hmm. gets 
gets my tits. Like, let's face it, yeah. it really does. And so, again, I go, I pay multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars of tax every year. And so, I, I think sometimes you have to just kind of go, oh, what am I doing this for? Look, Be able to look yourself in the mirror and just go, I am doing good in the world with my wealth. And you have to surround yourself with people who are in in that space too. And I will say, like, there is a little bit of, like, not being an asshole about making money. Like, and I know Lisa is not that person at all. Yeah, totally. But there, there is a bit of sensitivity that has to happen in times like this. Like, you know, you have to make sure that you are, um, like, being mindful and, like, you know, not being a dick. Yeah. Women in Business, get ready to ignite your success and elevate your game. Join me for an exclusive three-day Women in Business conference from October 31st to November 2nd at the breathtaking Gold Coast, Australia. Designed exclusively for online business owners, service-based business owners, coaches, consultants, and course creators. What to expect at this amazing three-day Women in Business conference? Expect an immersive experience filled with fun, empowering keynote speakers, interactive workshops, networking opportunities with other successful business owners, gain valuable insights, forge meaningful connections, and leave inspired to take your business to new heights. 12 speakers have already been announced with five more speakers being announced shortly. We have Steph Taylor joining us, Anita Seek joining us, Lisa Cordiff joining us, and not to mention Manny from Sound Healing Australia, who will be there for the most magical sound healing experience ever. You do not want to miss the event of the year for women in business. To secure your ticket, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au today. Because yeah, there is still a level of sensitivity that, you know, I, in December, one of the things that I always do is I like to give $100 vouchers to other women in business, and I don't have any caveats around it. I'm like, you email me, the first 15 people get one, it, it, that's just it, right? And yeah, there, cool. there's this, I could have made an assumption that all women on my email list are killing it right? I could have made that assumption. But I had over 50 plus women in business from around the world reach out. And I was like, oh, 15 have been used. I'm so sorry. I wish I could do more. But the reality of it is, is like, never underestimate what other people are going through, right? They might be mm-hmm. showing up on socials, and they might appear to be bigger than what they are. But the reality of it is, is they can still be going through some despair because of COVID and other things that they maybe just don't feel comfortable to talk about. So I do think there's a level of sensitivity that we do have to, you know, not stunt what we're talking about or shun what we're talking about, but do in a way that still is with grace and with ease. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. on the other side of it too, like a big mistake I saw people make in 2020 was assuming that everyone was actually doing it tough mm-hmm. and not marketing for that, for that reason. And, you know, at the end of the year, I asked my money bootcampers, like what companies, you know, did really well this year. And it was like framing companies, cubby house companies, pet companies, like all these companies that were absolutely killing it. And I was like, all of those companies need social media. They need business coaches. They need websites. They need accounting. They mm-hmm. need someone to look after their kids. They need, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, there is there is actually a lot of money out there. But if you just assumed, oh, my God, everyone's going to ask for a discount, so I'm going to slash my prices automatically, well, that wasn't serving anyone either. No. No. And it's not uncommon to do, right? You know, I talk often about in a whole nother conversation about Boxing Day sales and things like that and and Black Friday sales and that, as I always just go again, each to their own, right? Like if you want to have a sale, sure. have a sale, right? But you know, I would hope that people know that going in, what the purpose and strategy of those sales are, right? Whereas yeah. when I see people slashing prices out of fear, that to me is shit that they need to work through, right? Whereas I see lots of people yeah. I know doing Black Friday sales and Boxing Day sales, and it, they're quite lucrative, but it's part of an overall strategy. It's not based on fear. They're going, man, I know yeah. this is... And also it's about their mission. Like my mission is to help an additional 2,500 people between now and 25 to have the tools, community and resources they need. So if there's some products that I can do that, like I did with the summit last year and offering summit for $50 a ticket, I'll do that because it's part of my bigger picture. I'm not doing it from a place of fear and scarcity going, oh my God, I just want to get as many people as I can for $50. No, it was, this is my mission to provide something that's going to add value. But I also still wanted women Denise to value themselves and what I mean Mm -hmm. by that is I was like no still invest and that it's safe to invest $50 in yourself for your growth whereas Mm -hmm. I do think a lot of free mentality this is my opinion 
is that, again, uh, I'm actually contributing, do you know what I mean, to them devaluing themselves and or their products. So I want to show them that it's okay to invest in themselves and that it's safe. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, for those listeners, though, that are going like, listen, Denise and Ange, you're bringing up some stuff. Potentially, we're even triggering a few people talking about millions of dollars here today, today, Denise. So for Money Mindset for 2021, though, is have you noticed over the years of doing this with other women in business or women, not all people are in business when they join your Money Boot Camp, but what are some of the key indicators? Like if someone was like, Denise, what are the top five checklists that is like indicator you might need help, indicator you might need help with money mindset? <laughs> have you have you uh, come across any kind of like common threads? Yeah, absolutely. So a big one is around pricing, right? And like there's layers within layers of that. Like, so one of the big things around pricing is like not even being able to set a price in the first place, um, like super undercharging, like discounting, um, feeling really guilty about prices. So pricing in itself is just such a minefield. So if you're really struggling with that, that's that's a big one. Another one is um, having a, an income plateau. You know, some people might be stuck at a, a particular income for years or m- like months. For me, because I'm like you, we like to move fast. If I was stuck <laughs> in an income for more than like a month, I was like, no, nope, I need to deal with it. <laughs> yes. But some people get stuck for years. That's a big. That's a big one too because a lot of time you go to, well, if I want to double my income, I have to double my workload. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not, that's the, it just doesn't work like that. So that's, I think those are the really, really big ones. And then especially if you're feeling like alienated by your community or you feel like you've outgrown people. um, But the spoiler alert is that most people have money mindset issues. The only people I think don't. are like sociopaths who just think they're amazing at everything. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's usually completely unfounded anyway. You know, those people just sleep soundly at night because they're just like, I'm yeah. perfect and wonderful. But, yeah. um, you know, and that's why I work mostly with women actually because I find that men do have money blocks, but I find that women are a little bit, let's just be kind of don't at me on this one, but a, a little bit easier to be a bit more self-reflective about their behaviours. Whereas when yeah. I worked with men, they still could, but I had to like really crack them. <laughs> Yeah, Whereas I think most women, yeah, like I had to really like, oh, I'm going to crack you open and try and break you. But they like, it was really like close. Mm-hmm. Whereas for a lot of, um, you know, a lot of women, I can just be like, well, that's because of this experience when you, you know, you probably had a pocket money experience that you remember. And they're like, yes. Or it's like, you know, your first boss told you you weren't worth making more money. It's there's a lot more experiences I think that women have that bring it to the surface much quicker than men. And how much of these money mindsets of bringing it to surface, Denise, falls under a safety or lack of safety attached to it? So when people feel unsafe, could this put them into a a tailspin in regards to their money? Well, it's huge, right? Because, um, and I call this like the more money, more problems fear, Mm -hmm. is that we all have very active imaginations, especially if you're a creative entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so it, this could happen with someone they've never even made a dollar in their business, but they've mm-hmm. got this underlying fear of, oh my God, I'm going to have to pay tax. Oh my God, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get um, in trouble with the IRS or the mm-hmm. ATO or the HMRC, whatever country you live in, or I'm I'm going to be more visible and that's going to make me feel unsafe. And so it's all of our nervous system stuff. It activates that fight or flight response where it's mm-hmm. just like, oh my God, if I get more money and your imagination just goes wild. So one of mine was, oh my God, if I have more money, I'm going to have my million dollar beach house by the sea and there's going to be a tsunami. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's It was so irrational. Um, the other thing around the tax, the tax thing, I think a lot of us have this very um, like cultural uh like story embedded in us like do you remember in like robin hood the sheriff of nottingham would come around and like mm-hmm. you know yes. if you didn't pay your taxes like and so i think a lot of us have that like ancestral memory of what it would be like to you know like i'm australian our ancestors who were you know came from england in australia it was because they didn't pay their taxes or they stole a loaf of bread or they got chucked into debtors prison you know, it was a very traumatic thing. And nowadays, like, if you get in trouble with the tax man, like, they it, they send you a letter, right? Like, it's not, they don't throw you in jail. But that's a really common one. And But it's so buried. So mm-hmm. most people you talk to, they wouldn't have that as a surface kind of fear. They'd just be like, oh, you know, I, I think I needed to get another certificate before I'm ready. Right. It's like, you know, but it's like we've got this, it's almost like that witch wound of 
something really fucking bad's going to happen. I'm going to get burnt at the stake and my kids are going to get taken away. And it's, it's beyond words and reason and rationality, but it's so, that's why you sit there and you go, I am going to have a heart attack if I press publish on this blog post. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like, you know, shaping, like, yeah. Yes. It's like something so bad is going to happen to me. And, and, you know, as a business coach, when I started out, I'd be like, just fucking publish that post. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was like, just, just do just it. Like, just do it. And it would just be like, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do it because they couldn't articulate yeah. it. But it is just this thing of it's not safe for me to mm-hmm. do it. And, that's why on my Instagram, like every couple of days, I'll be like, it's safe for me to have more money than I need. It's safe for me to be visibly wealthy because I want to trigger that feeling so we can like, you know, from a like almost like a vaccine point of view, right, develop those antibodies for that feeling in our body and acclimatize ourselves to more money. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's my next thing that I wanted to talk about was on your Instagram is that you're creating this really great culture. And I'm assuming that it goes into money bootcamp too, is that 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 safety net right and some of the things that I just want to bring up is you you mentioned fit well you mentioned a bunch of them but the kind of 15 that really hit it for me and as I just want to briefly share this with this and that I encourage those who are listening to the podcast to really listen and process what I'm about to share that Denise has put on our Instagram because it could be the first time that you've actually heard this it could be the first time that someone has given you permission to think about money in a different way and as I said head to Denise's Instagram uh, account Denise what is your handle I just don't want to mess it up yeah at denise dt yeah okay great i just didn't i knew it was something not the full name i was like just you say it's better you than me saying it but what denise (laughs) talks about is like she said is every few days she does this thing but the 15 that i've gathered that i just want to briefly mention was she talked about it's safe for me to ask for money it's safe for me to make a lot of money easily and i think we need to emphasize that word easily it's safe for me to own expensive things it's safe for me to attract rich friends it's safe for me to charge for my time denise you go on to say it's safe for me to move into the next tax bracket. It's safe for me to have multiple income streams or passive income. It's safe to have more money than I need. It's safe for me to invest in money. And then the last five you talk about is it's safe for me to increase my prices regularly. It's safe for me to receive money. It's safe for me to earn more than my family, my best friends and or my peers. It's safe for me to unfriend financially negative people. It's safe <laughs> that for me one to <laughs> triggers people. <laughs> it's like, oh damn. And then it's safe for me to take big income leaps and it's safe for me to ask for the sale. Right. And so it's this place that when I was reading these and thinking about how and what we were going to talk about the podcast is I wanted to weave these in because I think it's important for women to listen to these and understand how much of money can be safe and not scary and to empower women so that, again, we can get more money wealth into the hands of women. So is there any of these that really still stick out to you that are, you know, you kind of live by this, like, or do you yourself fall back going, I need to remember that it's safe for me for you, Denise? Um, yeah, I'm glad you asked that because I was just thinking, oh, I need to add one in there about not being liked. Like it's safe for people to not like me because mm-hmm. I've got money or something like that. It's a bit clumsy, but as I said, that is one that, that trips me up, um, mm-hmm. regularly where I'm just like, oh, you know, I can't, I can't double my income again. Like people won't like me. Um, and so, you know, I, I always, I don't know if you do this, but I always do my work for me first. <laughs> You know, as in like I created those about oh, six years ago. I created them for me and every single one of them was just like, oh, bleh, yuck, oh, gross. <laughs> and like just through repetition, like I can hear you say those and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's totally safe for me to do those. But it took it took repetition. It took acclimatization. And I, the reason why I do those, it's, it is that triggering thing. I just want to see like, not every single one of them will trigger you, but some of them will. And you'll go, Oh, that's something to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, I love having that conversation because you have to talk about the bad stuff. If you just mm-hmm. went, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy. Nothing changes. You don't mm-hmm. really clear out the true gunk that's living there. And mm-hmm. just having money blocks doesn't mean you're not meant to be successful. You're just a person. Exactly right. Just, you know, and like I said, money, mind, blocks, mindset collectively. Again, this is like something you're going to be working through. You know, it just doesn't just don't do it. And then it goes in a box and everything's hanging the door. Like this shit continues, you know, like at, we were talking before we recorded about our kids and how our kids can trigger us also, Denise. Um, you know, and it's yeah. just one of those things like it's just like it's going to constantly be there. And as our oh, kids get I, older, as we make yeah. more money, as the economy changes, like we're going to continue to be triggered and we're going to 
you know, be mindful, put it in the forefront, work it out versus suppressing it. And I think for so long, women have suppressed, suppressed, suppressed. And now, man, I'm like, fuck no, do you know what I mean? Embrace this, empower ourselves and let's, do you know what I mean? Talk about money. Well, I, I, I figured out a new one recently, just as mm-hmm. you were talking about kids, because uh, we were meeting with our financial advisors and they were like, you know, it's, it's time to, to go to that next level of investment. Mm-hmm. And I felt so triggered by it because mm-hmm. I was like, why? Um, and they were, you know, it's like, well, you build generational wealth and it, triggered the shit out of me because first I was like well my kids can't be rich kids because they won't be resilient Mm -hmm. and then I was like oh I've got a story that making money makes you soft and not resilient Mm -hmm. and it was just like such a new like aha of like oh my god even there was some things in my life that I wasn't allowing myself to receive like pleasure because I was like I'll be too soft Mm -hmm. like if I if I um like put my underfloor heating in, in my like $7 million beach house, then I'll get used to that. And if I lose it all, I'll not be able to cope in the world. And I was mm-hmm. just like, what? Yep. Oh yeah. I've still got that thing that, you know, I can't pass wealth down to my kids because that's going to ruin their life and mm-hmm. ruin their ambition and resilience instead of go. And, and that was great information. Cause now I can go, Oh, hang on. Who do I know who's, who's grown up wealthy and they're creative and they, d- they don't have to unlearn all the stuff. And then I was like, where would I be now? And then having to really realize, no, it wasn't poverty that made me creative. That's who I am. I mm-hmm. would have been creative no matter what. And actually, mm-hmm. I probably would have been more successful earlier because I didn't have to unlearn everything. So even just that, there's always going to be new layers mm-hmm. where you didn't you didn't realize before until you were in that situation. And I also look at it as with our kids as I had, it was because of you, actually, we were talking about this ages ago, but you said at the beginning of 2020 last year, you said, and just double down on the woo shit. Cause you know, I'm not very woo. You said double down on that shit, test everything in 2020. <laughs> right. And so I did, I, you know, I worked with a business astrologer who I think you also work with. I worked with a bunch of different people, money blockers, all this stuff. Right. And one of the last ladies I worked with in 2020 is an old friend of mine that I met in the Philippines at Chris Ducker's Masterminded. She works with a large, like numerous people from around the world in regards to like visionary and seeing clarity through cards and stuff. There's a, not a name. She's not a clairvoyant. There's a name for her. But anyways, and she ta- she pulled a card and she said, listen, she said, your wealth. She goes, your kids are going to see privilege over their life. Mm-hmm. She, she said, compared to a lot of other kids. And she said, know that that's okay because you've given them, the, she said, them like the roots that they need to understand how privilege works. So she said, continue to, you know, build those roots because it's safe for them to, to have wealth. It's safe for them to be privileged. Wow. And, and she said, because of that, um, and them knowing that it, they'll be able to put wealth back in community later because they've learned they've learned what they needed to learn. Does that like it was really like I'd have to go back and listen to the recording, but I was like, oh, okay, great, because I did have some money blog. Like, what does that mean if my kids are getting you know, I mean, knew this or knew that, and you know, what if they do get a new car for their sweet sixteen versus I had to work for my car, right? Like, does that mean they're little <laughs> brats? Does that mean they're little shits? Or or does that just mean that no, it's cool. It was okay that you got a new car. I don't. I'm not saying that is what I will or will not do, but it's those. Those are the things. So, yeah. So I think there is other things that we, you know, stir us, trigger us. And again, if any of this has been triggering you, I would encourage you to sit and reflect and think really hard about what you need to do to work on this money mindset to make 2021 the best. But before we finish, before we wrap up, I'd like to say is how important do you think it is for women in particular to really work through their money demons? And obviously, if they don't, you know, does the cycle just keep repeating, not only for themselves, but also passing on to their kids and further generations? Oh, for sure. Uh, like the other thing is, I believe it is the key that unlocks all the other stuff because usually it's not an ambition problem. It's not a work ethic problem. It's mm-hmm. not an intelligence problem. You know, like you really can look, if you want to write a book, start a podcast, launch your course, you can go buy a course that will give you the exact step-by-step screenshots videos everything but it's what is stopping you from doing that is usually the stories and beliefs you have about money that's why you sit there and procrastinate that's mm-hmm. why you feel fear that's why you feel like you're gonna die mm-hmm. instead of doing it so when you work on your money mindset all the other stuff is totally just googleable mm-hmm. really 
Um, and that's yeah. what I say is I can give as much strategy, right? But if your mind is wobbly, if your money stuff is wobbly, that's why, again, I referred Tracy over to you. I was like, and I've referred lots of people your book over the years because I'm like, if you don't work on this, it doesn't matter what I do in my mastermind or in my one-on-one or in my accelerator program, you're going to rinse and repeat over and over and over again, right? So, you know, yeah. I've got the ability to call them on it, but that's not my zone of genius. And that's when I'm like, go speak with Denise. She'll help you. <laughs> she'll she'll come in now. There will be many listeners out there that are going, aha, aha, the moments are coming in. The aha moments are very clear. What is the best way that they can connect with you in order to really start unpacking their unhealthy relationship with money and start to turn it into a healthy and flourishing mindset, money mindset in particular for 2021? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a lot of different ways. So um, like if you like reading, you know, my books are available on all the normal places. It's also in audible format, Kindle, all the, all the things. Um, I have a workshop which talks about seven really common money blocks mm-hmm. and that's at denisedt.com slash blocks. Really mm-hmm. super easy. Um, and I love when people reach out to me personally on Instagram, like that especially because I'm a Virgo I love being of service so I especially <laughs> love when someone's like well I I listened to your thing and I did this because I'm practical like it makes me feel good mm-hmm. um and so that my Instagram handle again is Denise DT and right. just yeah like again however way you like to learn if you like to listen grab that um workshop at the denisedt.com slash blocks if you like to read grab my book Um, But really make it a thing that this year is your year to just profit from your skills and talents. Like this might not be your year to be a millionaire, right? It might be your year to like actually receive like $100 from a coaching session or receive $27 from your book. Or it might be your time to break through a six-figure income or a seven-figure income. Um, But the work is the same. The, The work is exactly the same. Dude, I love it. So I hope, you know, for those of you that are out there, Again, it's safe to invest in yourself, right? It's safe to go to the next step. And it's not, I I want you to money mindset, you know, or mindset, it sounds so sexy, but you know, ladies, you're still going to have to work through this, right? So you better do it now in the beginning of January, than wait another 12 months and be kicking yourself going, I should have done that 12 months ago. Now, as I always like to end the show, I always like to ask, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business, but you've already answered that in the previous podcast. So my question that I want to ask you in 2021, Denise, what is something you're going to be working on for your own personal growth and development that others might not know about so like I often have to keep my eye on the prize Uh (laughs) I can be a little bit of a shiny object person um and you know so for business my 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 goal is just to not break my business you know when some people break their business out of boredom or anything and I've been really good at not doing that so it's just like cool just help more people help more people but then personally I was like I really want to um like challenge myself and do a course outside of like my business. So I want to do a screenwriting course. So fun. Um, this year, yeah. And I'm really nervous about it. I'm like, oh. Um, so I would love to do that. And I'm, I really have to challenge myself to read more this year. I've always been a bookworm, but the last two years I've been like a Twitter worm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good, old, good old social media. Yeah, so I want to wean myself off that um, a little bit, and I think that's going to take um, it's going to take a little bit of you know effort. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know that this uh, in 2020, one of my things was to start reading more. And, and I did. I didn't get as many books as I wanted read, but I did start to make those changes. And a lot of that stemmed from the book James Clear wrote around Atomic Habits. Oh, and God. Everyone tells me to read this book. I got to read it. It is. It's a really just like it's such an easy read. But what I did with his book is he said, unless you change the environment and how you set it up. So I went and bought this really cool lamp and then I would put my book by the by my door. So instead of trying to read in my office, I put it by the door. I picked it up and then I turn the lamp on and so I've created an environment where it goes but also because it's the one percent rule right is he's like Mm -hmm. you know like for me is I just what's the point of sitting down and reading a book that's going to take me a month to read I'm just like oh can I just read it in a day or can I just read it in a sitting the reality of it is with kids in a business it doesn't happen the way it used to but and what he says though is if you read say for example I read 10 pages a day over a month I've actually still read 300 pages which could be roughly two and a half books so you know it's just like the one percenter so I'm encourage you to read it it's a great book Denise I will and you know what I tried to do um last year in 2020 (laughs) I tried to learn the ukulele 
And I was, oh man, I was so bad at it. And I did in-person lessons until quarantine happened and I had to do Zoom lessons. And there's only like hardly any chords for ukulele. (laughs) And each week I was like, oh God, can you show me the A chord again or the F chord or whatever? And I literally, I took so many lessons and I bought a really nice ukulele, which sits in my desk. And I literally cannot play play it. So I think that's also the thing of like just permission to quit stuff that doesn't like work or make you happy just to go I tried it and I don't have to make it my business and it was fun and now I've got a cute ukulele that sits in my office but like just I think for me just have that mentality for other things in my life of just like oh it's okay just to do a creative course and not make it my business or just to have a bit more fun and you know people often say like and what else are your hobbies like I don't fucking have any (laughs) and they're like they're like but what do you mean you don't have any that's what everyone tells us we're supposed to do and I was like I actually love what I do. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not hard for me. It's I'm learning. I like, I get, um, uh, how is it? I, I feel empowered when I see other women do me doing right things. I said, I don't want to learn how to fucking make soap. I don't want to learn how to grow a plant from a seed and what soil goes with that. No, that's great. If you, that's what you like to do, but I'm like, that's not what I want to do. So, you know, again, I had to learn over the last kind of two and a half years to give myself permission that it's okay that my business is also my hobby. It doesn't make me a bad business owner. It doesn't make me a bad mom, Um, but it's just kind of my jam. And and it's not to say that's how I'm going to feel forever, but right now I would, I don't want to sit and watch Netflix every night for four hours and then eat and eat and eat. Cause that's what I would do. Right. Is I can, mm. I like watching, having popcorn and a few lollies. And I actually fast from typically six o'clock onwards every night for those kind of fasting hours. I'm like, I don't want to go back into that habit of having to eat and do you know I mean watch TV for four no. hours. And so I hang out with the kids, hang out with the hubby and then they go to bed and I'm like, well, I'll just putter along, but I'm okay with that. I don't feel pressure or rushed. Right. And it's still enjoyable. So know that you can do things that are enjoyable even if people don't say do you know what I mean that's oh, what you're supposed absolutely. to be doing <laughs> so, well yeah. you know because I I have my farm and so every now and again I go I am gonna make soap and then what I do is I collect partners at the farm so I I was gonna do a beekeeping workshop because I one day I thought it'd be fun and then mm-hmm. like it rained on the day of the beekeeping workshop and I was like oh, I don't know I can't be going <laughs> but then I found some lady locally who puts hives on your property and then just give you some honey and so I every now and again, like I'll think that I want to do something, and then I just go, oh, "I'll just find someone else who who will do it." And then no, again, and you're putting money back into the economy, my friend. Do you know what I mean? So oh, it's like I think fun. it's a win-win for all. Now, Denise, <laughs> as always, you and I, we can chat for ages, and I look forward to catching up. Hopefully, this year on the rose farm and hanging out. We were due to do that this past year. COVID had other plans, yes. so I'm looking forward to giving you a hug again and hanging out. And you know, at this stage, you'll also be at my retreat. Do you know what I mean? In uh, later yeah. on in the year. So yes. Yeah, so either way, I can't wait to give you. Oh, a big hug in 2021 for the rest of you though please go out and check denise and in the show notes we will have all the links so that if you did miss them today you can head to the show notes at angelahenderson.com.au thanks again denise for being on the show today and for the rest of you have a fabulous day no matter where you are in the world and i look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode of the business and life conversations podcast thanks again denise bye Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, www.angelahenderson.com.au.